The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Vispero presentation for April 28, 2022. I am your host, Belinda Collins, and I'm here with Eric Damery, who will be facilitating facilitating this hour and um, he will be going over the updated features with JAWS and before I turn it over to Eric I will go ahead and go over the commands if you are joining us from your PC to raise your hand it's going to be alt Y mute and unmute is alt A if you're on the Mac raise your hand with option Y and to mute and unmute is command shift A. On your smartphone app, you want to find your raise hand option. I do believe that's in the middle of the screen. And to uh, mute and unmute, you will, once you get the prompt, you will swipe to uh, to accept that. And if you're on a landline phone or a phone with a physical keypad, star 9 to raise your hand and star 6 to unmute. And Eric, I will turn it over to you. All right. Thanks, Belinda. Am I coming across okay? You can hear me? Yes. Great. Uh, good afternoon or good evening to everyone, depending on where you're located. I'm Eric Damery from Vispero. I'm the Vice President of Software Product Management with the company and uh, been actively involved in this for a little over 28 years now. So I'm here today to kind of talk about where we're at with 2022, some of the latest changes. And I'd like to actually spend some time talking about a new upcoming feature. Uh, I say upcoming, it's uh, actually in our beta team now. It's something that we're uh, readying for the June update. And I think it's going to be one of the most significant features that we've done in a while. So I will come back to it, spend some time on that. I'd like to hear your questions and input on it. Uh, as we go today, and then uh, you know, and I'm and I'm also doing this because I want to make you familiar with what's coming up, so you'll know what to expect. <clears throat> but uh, first, let me talk about where we're at. We just did an update um, a week ago, this past Tuesday, I believe it went out, uh, or Wednesday, and uh, that was our April update. It had quite a few fixes. We had actually hoped to put a few more things in specifically for Fusion and ZoomText, but we ran out of time. We were running into some issues with, within our own testing. So we pulled those things out. They're gonna be back in uh, for, for June as well. So June is looking up to be a pretty filled uh, update. But we did get some things into the April update, and one in particular I want to mention to people, because if you're one of those users who browse the web, and there are websites you go to, and I'll, I'll use Facebook as an example, but I mean, YouTube is another one, um, where when you get to that 
web page, there are shortcuts that uh, those pages provide. So on Facebook, for example, uh, you can use letters to jump to different areas of that page. And those letters work whether you're using a screen reader or not. They're not the screen reader commands. They're built into and by the web page. It's in the authoring. And when you get to the web page and you want to use those commands, there's a couple of ways that people do it today. One is they turn off virtual cursor with insert Z, and then they uh, when the virtual cursor is off, of course, navigational quick keys are off too. So now you can press those letters on the Facebook page and jump around. Um, but when you do that, you lose your virtual cursor. So you cannot arrow at that point. Uh, you'd have to turn virtual cursor back on to keep on reading. So you'd turn it off to jump there, turn it back on to navigate when you're there. So I don't think that that's a great approach. Another way to do it would be key pass through, insert three, and then hit the jump key. And that's, that's another way of doing it, but that's kind of clunky. But uh, I think the best thing to do is to turn off just navigational quick keys. Keep virtual on, turn off quick keys only, and get around. And there was a feature in our product that was on a difficult keystroke. Uh, I think it was insert control N to be able to do that. And not many people knew about it. I had completely forgotten about it. Matt Ader mentioned it to me a month or two ago. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is a perfect command. Uh, I could use that all the time. Uh, but the keystroke isn't very logical and it's not that easy. So I thought about it and uh, we, we picked a new keystroke. Now remember, insert Z toggles virtual curse virtual on and off the whole mode on and off so that's cursor navigation and quick navigation if you do insert shift z now you'll only toggle off the quick nav keys so when you go to the facebook page or you're going to youtube and you want to interact with the buttons on youtube using their keystrokes to to start and stop um and there are other applications out there. I think Spotify does this too. Insert Shift Z will become your friend. When you get to the web page, just turn them off. Then you can interact with it. You can still navigate with the up and down arrow key. And when you leave that site, go to another web page, everything is back again. Um, so try that out. Insert Shift Z. Um, we also made another change, somebody, uh, and I'll back up to talk about a feature that came out earlier in 2022, you may remember. Uh, if for some reason you've plugged in another sound device into your computer while you're running it, and all of a sudden JAWS stops outputting to the speaker that you're listening to, maybe you're plugged into a headphone jack and you plugged in another USB device, and now all of a sudden JAWS is trying to talk to a different device and you're not hearing it anymore. Uh, in order to solve this, we gave you a command, insert plus spacebar, and then the letter um, 
V for voice or volume, sorry, I forgot, and then C for card. And if you do that on your computer today, you will see that once you hit C for card, you can press down arrow. And if you have more than one device for sound, and most of us have at least two on our computers, uh, some people have many more, but you can hit the down arrow and JAWS will start trying to send its output to each of your different devices and it will loop around. So if you hit the down arrow three or four times, chances are you'll come all the way back to whichever one you were on. And you can try that out. Insert spacebar for the layered command, V for volume, um, C for card, and then just start pressing down arrow and it will cycle through. Now, one, somebody had pointed out to us that if you had speech on demand turned on, many people run with speech on demand, then this feature wasn't so useful. They had to turn off their speech on demand before they could hear JAWS would be outputting to the right one. So uh, we made it work so that even in speech on demand, that will now speak. So when you do the insert V, insert space VC, the next thing you hit, the down arrow, if JAWS can talk, it actually does talk, even in speech on demand. Um, let me mention what's about speech on demand, because maybe there's somebody sitting out there right now saying, I wonder what speech on demand is. Um, this is a feature that we put into the product a number of years ago. Uh, it actually originated back in the days of the magic screen magnification software. Uh, it was a feature that we figured, you know, most magnification customers don't necessarily want to hear things talking as they're navigating around. Like when they open the start menu, they don't need to hear it say start menu open because they're visual users and they see that that happened. So for navigational type things, the product was taught to not ever say anything. But if you did a screen reading, uh, a screen reading command, like say line or say all or tell me what time it is or read the window title insert t those kinds of things those are commands to do speech so that's like speech on demand if i give a command to speak say it if i don't if i just tab or if i am arrowing through something I don't necessarily need to hear you say anything. Now, who would use speech on demand? It's very useful for low vision users. It's very useful for people who primarily get their output from a, a braille device, but they may wanna have it start reading at some point. Uh, and it's also very useful for a sighted individual who's doing testing perhaps, um, or like myself, I'm a sighted individual, but I like to have JAWS running because I use it for the navigational needs. I don't necessarily need to hear it talk all the time. So quite often I turn on speech on demand. Now, another place that many users like speech on demand is in webinars. If they're, if they're in a webinar or, and they wanna be able to do some navigating and they don't wanna hear the screen reader talking as they're navigating around, uh, 
maybe they would just want it to talk when they do a say line, then speech on demand is a perfect choice. Now to turn on that feature and you can try it out, insert space bar and the letter S for speech, it'll toggle. So if you do insert space bar S again, it'll go back to full speech. Great feature for Fusion and JAWS users. Um, and for those of you who are familiar with it, I apologize for taking the time to explain it, but I like to give the logic and I like to try and tell people the, the thought process behind some of these features that helps you understand why and when you might use it. And uh, please don't hesitate. Give these things a try, even if you're not going to use it, just so you can get an experience with it. Um, we made a lot of changes in this latest update also related to uh, Google Docs. We're continuing to uh, put a lot of time into that. We work pretty closely with the Google people. And there's room for improvement. And we keep on trying to, to get it to be a, a, a bit better. Um, we made a fix for capitalized words not that we're not reading correctly. Uh, something had changed in the February update that caused that. We heard from quite a few people. So if you're one of those who deal with words with uh, all capitalization and recognized some problems trying to read that, you might uh, notice that improvement that just hit in April. Um, looking down my list here. We did something for quick settings, uh, for Zoom to mention uh, alt, alt Windows key S keystroke to temporarily toggle alerts. And, uh, and that's something a lot of the folks that are in Zoom calls or Zoom meetings, they wanna to toggle those alerts off. And uh, that's kind of a good preference into what this new feature is. So about, quarter past the hour, let's spend some time thinking about this. One of the most requested changes that we've been getting from people um, over the past six months to a year is some way of controlling the notifications that applications and the operating system are sending to you on a regular basis. So those of you who are using JAWS know that, let's say, I start up my computer in the morning and all of a sudden Dell is sending me some notification, some Windows notification that they have new updates and it's a version blah, 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 change to the firmware. And uh, it just, you know, it interrupts the flow of things as I'm trying to get started in the day, these notifications popping up and you, um, you, you have to hit the control key to silence them. And then Teams, when someone is calling you on Teams, you're getting notifications. When you're going to uh, a browser and all of a sudden uh, you type in an address and you hear the screen reader saying loading page and then you hear the screen reader report loading complete, those are notifications that are coming across. Um, sometimes they're nice to hear. Sometimes they're uh, maybe too lengthy and it'd be nice to shorten them. Might be nice to play a sound instead of having to hear that. Uh, 
Um, so these are all the things that you want to be able to interact with. Now, in JAWS for Windows and Fusion today, you have a keystroke to have JAWS tell you what the last notification is. Insert spacebar and the letter N for notification, and it will report the last notification that was sent to the synthesizer. Now, that last notification might have been loading complete when a page loaded, or it might have been some message about firmware. It might have been a Teams member calling you. Uh, it might have been that there is a uh, some, something going on on the computer. You get loads of these things happening during the course of the day. The new feature is a notification manager, so to speak. And so when you do insert space N after the June update, the plan is a window will pop up. And I'm starting to find that it's easier just to leave the window open all day. And the window contains a list of all notifications that were sent to your computer while JAWS or Fusion were running during the past 24 hours. Um, you, the, the list is populated from the most recent on the top to the oldest towards the end, and it updates as the day goes. So if you keep the list open, you're going to actually alt tab to it and whatever has come in recently will be above you. Um, so you can jump up there. Now, while you're on those notifications, some things you might decide, this is a notification that it's nice to hear, but I never need to see it show up in my list. Uh, and for example, uh, loading the, a web page or loading complete, those are notifications that you would never wanna see in your history list. You hear about them, but you don't need to review them later. You don't care 20 minutes from now that, oh, a web page completed loading. You, you know that happened. You hear about it. So you don't want to see that one in your list. So you got to get rid of it. And there'll be a way to do that. You can configure these things. You can create rules for various uh, notices that come in. And you'll be able to um, basically uh, say, silence this one. Or if it says this, say that. Or if it says this, play this sound instead of saying anything. Uh, you'll also be able to modify what is going to appear on your Braille display. What message would be flashed to you in Braille when that particular notification hits. So um, you'll be able to set those rules up or you'll be able to, of course, just say, uh, skip this or delete this one from my notifications list. Let it play the way it normally does. I just don't ever want to see it in the list. So you'll have some great fluctuation there. And even if you change a rule to say, you know, when let's, I, I use loading complete as an example, that's one of the messages that you'll see. When that comes up, if you change it and say, whenever that one happens, just say uh, complete, don't say loading, and don't show this notification ever again in my list. So that's, that's a typical thing that you'll wanna set up. 
Also, when a Teams call comes in, you might want to get it to just say um, the person's name rather than saying the person's name is calling you on Teams. Press this keystroke to accept with a video. Press this keystroke to accept with audio. Um, you don't need to hear that long message every time you're getting a Teams call. So you can just change it to say call or uh, you may be able to attach someone's name to those particular messages if their name's included. So you'll have to watch for this feature. I think it's going to be very beneficial. It'll also have the ability to um, suspend all rules that you've created. So if you're trying to find out uh, or learn something or test something, you'll be able to go in and just suspend all the rules that you'd created. And ultimately these things will, oh, they will automatically migrate. So if you've created a bunch of rules this summer with the 2022 version, and then the 2023 version comes out next year, just like your speech settings and settings center type adjustments get migrated up to the new version, these rules will come along with that. It's all in your user folder. In fact, you'd be able to move these from PC to PC so that you can take them with you to another computer. Uh, I think these are going to become invaluable and you'll really want to uh, experiment with them. So again, that'll come out in the June update. Watch for it when your software is running and you do an insert spacebar N, it'll pull up that notification history list. You'll be able to create a rule. You'll be able to modify a rule. And uh, hopefully this will be a, a start of a great feature. So with that, I think I'm going to, uh, oh, I, did, I told you June. I don't know exact dates yet for June. It will not be the first week and it will not be the last week. So I think we're going to be in the second or third week of June, right around the middle of the month. And then uh, just to let you know, the summer conventions are coming up. I know a lot of folks out here on ACB Radio will be visiting uh, Omaha, Nebraska, or I think it's going to have a virtual aspect to the conference as well. So we look forward to seeing you there. We'll have a group of folks uh, up in Omaha attending the convention this year as usual. So uh, we look forward to seeing you. And I know that there is going to be a presentation. I believe Douglas Gary is giving a session 10 a.m. on that first day of the conference. So watch for that. Douglas will be there. And I know he's going to have some good giveaways uh, at that session. So if you are planning to go to the convention, look for him on the schedule. Uh, look for him on the schedule talking about what's new in JAWS for Windows. With that, I think I will pause and let's see if we can get questions. And, uh, you know, any topic is good. Uh, anything you want to discuss, I'm open to. All right. First up, we have Diane and Chanel will be next. Diane, you can unmute. There we go. There you go. Took me a minute to find it, and I was in the wrong window. Besides, anyway, uh, hi Eric. Um, nice to hear you again. Um, yep. I I was 
going to say that a very common use of the speech on demand seems to be during our um, karaoke calls on, on Saturday night, uh, you know, in the ACB community. And a lot of people who are performing share their screens. And of course they, um, you know, they'll turn, turn on that speech on demand before they um, start their music that they're sharing. So. Yep. That's um, a, that's a perfect example. And I'll tell you, I think, you know, once you start using it, you'll find yourself using it all the time. It's one of those keystrokes. When people ask me what the keystroke is, I have to really think about it now because it's in my muscle memory and I don't, I don't really think about it as insert space. It's just, I know exactly what to press because I turn it on and off all the time. Yeah, I do some audio recording and I don't want to be disturbed by it. I'm reading from my Braille display and don't want to be disturbed by it. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's a time when I use it. That's it's a good. very nice feature. Thank you. You know, another another feature before we get, uh, before we get to Chan- Chanel, another feature that I just thought about uh, that's been around a while was the screen uh, the privacy screen, or I forget, I can't remember what we even called it, but uh, you could basically turn your screen off so you can still use your screen reader. And I know voiceover had this on the iPhone and a lot of people had asked for it. Um, and so we, we put that in and, and you can basically uh, black out your screen um, and uh we had, I remember I had a lawyer who worked at some law office and when I was traveling and I was explaining and, and showing that feature off, uh, the guy said, you know, one of the problems with it is there's still something on the screen. Um, he just wanted to be completely black, but I have the mouse up there and there's a, there's something written on the screen. So if a sighted person walked up to a computer and somebody had left it that way with jaws, they would know what to do to get it undone. And he said, I would rather it just be black. Cause I don't want anybody to know I'm doing something when I'm uh, sitting in meetings, but uh, it's a great, that's a great feature. So when you're on an airplane or in a train or on a bus and you're trying to work on a computer, you see a lot of people, they kind of fold their screens down low and then they reach under it and try and type, but you can just turn off the screen now and, uh, and you continue to use your computer and nobody else is looking at it. You'll know. So uh, anyway, next question. Chanel. All right. So the new notifications, um, center or I forgot exactly what you called the feature. How is that similar or different to the Windows Action Center where you just do Windows A and you can see your notifications, you can clear them. You can also go into settings in Windows and turn off and on which applications send notifications. So how is that different? And then the other thing, um, thanks to Diane bringing up about the screen share and audio, on my Mac, it is really cool because if I want to be able to share and not have my voiceover come through, I can set voiceover to come through my actual headset. But if I set it to come through system default, which I still could have my headset on and that could be the default, then people would hear voiceover. Is there any way or will there ever be any way to do anything like that with JAWS? So there you go. 
So the notification center or manager in JAWS is going to be different in the sense that you may still want to get those notifications, but you don't necessarily want them to be spoken um, the way they're spoken when they're presented to you. So, you know, the history is one way to go back and review them. It'll be quick and easy. But the beauty, the real beauty of this is that you can change which notifications you're going to hear and which ones you won't. And the ones that you do hear, you might okay. want to hear differently than the way they're being projected now. So you, you don't want, it's not an all for all or nothing scenario. That's not what we're looking for, right? Some notifications you do want to get, but some of these things you don't. You'll never want to hear those. Club or, deck, for instance. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I think once you start to experiment with this, you'll see that, uh, you know, the action center is very convenient for a sighted person to be looking at these things. But And remember, you know, a sighted person, when they're looking at it, these Windows notifications that pop up on the screen, they kind of pop up outside of your main line of sight. They don't necessarily take over what you're doing. So sighted people don't mind these notifications flying up all the time because they mm. don't really interrupt them. They're kind of out of the way. You might glance at it and go right back to what you're working on. Okay. But spoken notifications interrupt the flow of what you're doing. And so yeah. some things you want, but not everything. And a lot of the stuff you're going to find, you'll really like to be able to turn it off or shorten it or even set it to a sound. Oh, that'd be cool with Dropbox. Okay. Yep. And now the other question that you asked, so frame this for me again. You, uh, This is you want to be able to send JAWS sound to one place while something else is playing through another? Well, I want, so like on in voiceover, it is possible that even if I am sharing, so let's say I'm sharing a song. I can share it and people not have to hear my voiceover because um the zoom it's it's all about how it's it's routed and like i can so basically i can still use my headset to hear voiceover and hear what i'm sharing with people but everybody else doesn't have to hear my voiceover so i'd love to be able to use the same sound card for jaws and not have it come through with my um whatever audio i'm yeah, sharing somebody else might raise their hand and answer this one i I am quite certain that you can do this. Yeah, Herbie's part of the issue. I'm getting a comment from my husband, maybe on the Windows side with a Zoom screen share. So mm. um, I, I don't know. I just, Diane kind of brought it up and that made me think of this. Uh, <laughs> so I hope I totally haven't confused everyone. But thank you. Okay, thanks. Great. Next we have Melissa and Howard and or Janice, you will be after Melissa. Good afternoon, Eric. I'm Melissa from Burien, Washington. It's good to talk to you again. Great. I think you can hear me, can't you? I can. Oh, good. Okay. It got real quiet there for a second in my headset. Um, so you're saying that this new feature, this insert space, then in and all those things, you're saying that that's not available currently because I just updated my JAWS a couple of weeks ago. Correct. So currently, if you do an insert space N with JAWS or Fusion, it will 
it will speak and flash in Braille the last notification, the last Windows notification that was um, sent. Okay. So, but you'll only see the last one, and you can't go back to others, and you can't modify the last notification and how it came in. So, this new feature that'll be on the same keystroke will hit in the next update that's scheduled for June. So we're oh, very good. We're still polishing it. And I'm really glad to know that that um, there's going to be a feature on Teams where it doesn't announce all those darn commands after it tells you who's calling because I worked as a state employee and we used Teams for all of our meetings. And when someone called me, like my supervisor, it drove me nuts to hear all those darn commands, you know, when all I want to hear is just who the heck is calling me. Exactly. So I'm glad to know that that's going to happen. And then I'll just make one quick comment. Um, and that is that I love, um, you know, I host many of these community calls and the feature that I absolutely love to death when I'm hosting is the insert, yeah, the sound splitting. It yeah. actually has changed my life because I hosted karaoke on Saturday and that gets kind of loud with music and stuff like that. And it really right. helped for when I needed to mute people, um, when I needed to, you know, do other things because then Jaws was not, you know, was not um, too soft to, to the point where I just couldn't hear it. So that really exactly. has saved my life a lot. So I really appreciate that feature so, so much. And um, I learn something new every time I'm on this call. This is so awesome. So I appreciate your time. God bless you, sir. Thank you. And I'll pass, you. I'm going to pass your feedback along <clears throat> to the developers that did that sound splitting feature. The guy that did that um is based in the Netherlands and he's actually intricately involved in the notifications manager this new feature I mentioned for June he's kind of the lead on that one so he recognized the significance of sound splitting and uh, he also recognizes the notifications so if you like that one wait till you see this next one I think this is going to be great and that for those of you who haven't used sound splitting the way this works is that when you're listening to sounds uh, from, and you would rather have JAWS on one channel and the webinar or music or whatever it is coming through the other channel so you can have one in one ear, one in the other, insert spacebar V for voice or volume, and then you want to... Um, Oh, I, I see. I, I'm just so used to doing the keystrokes. Um, B, B for balance. I'm sorry. Yeah. So insert space, V for voice, B for balance. And then you hit left or right arrow, and it will send JAWS to one side and the other sounds that play on your computer, whether it's Teams, Zoom, YouTube, music, whatever it might be, will come through the other side. And in order to reset that, you can do insert space bar V for voice, B for balance, and press the up arrow, and it centers everything again. So you'll have stereo back for everything. Uh, if you forget the keystroke or if you turned, if you, if you did the sound splitting, and then you uh, later restart your computer or restart JAWS, sound will be centered again. So the next time you return, it just clears itself up automatically. 
so you can just turn it on anytime you want. So Howard, I think is next. Yes, Howard and or Janice. You can unmute. Good afternoon, Eric. I'm still in Florida for the winter, avoiding the cold weather up north. <laughs> and whereabouts in Florida are you? Ormond Beach. Ormond Beach. So that's south east of Flagler. Yeah, south of Flagler. South of Flagler. So I have a cousin who lives on the south side of Flagler Beach. So yeah, he's you, just above you. Yeah, you told me that. Uh, that's about 11 miles away. Anyway, yep. my, both my wife and I are having a strange problem. Mm -hmm. We're both running uh, HP laptops. And the current version of JAWS, but it's happened with the last three or four versions. Occasionally, and it happens to me more than her, the alt key will get stuck and I can't do anything until I restart JAWS. So I'll press various keys like the enter key and it'll say alt enter or alt space until I restart JAWS, that alt key doesn't go away. Huh. Um. Sticky alt keys, and you both and you both get it. Do you know what the symptoms are that cause it to happen? No, it's just just random. Some combination. It's some combination of pressing down. Uh, it's a timing thing, is what it is. But uh, yeah, some computers are more sensitive to it than others. Um, I don't have a good solution for you. We are going to a unified key driver, uh, keyboard handler which I think could be helpful in clearing some of these things up. And that'll come out in 2023. I believe we're going to try and make it the default. So if this is still occurring to you on a regular basis through the summer, um, you might want to watch for the unified or the, yeah, the new, it's, it's, it's a new keyboard handling, a new keyboard processing technique and it's something we've been working on for a number of years we've been hesitant to put it in we thought but, it was our keyboards because we use uh external keyboards out of convenience but we're using different keyboards or if we yeah it shouldn't be the keyboard, keyboard. and <laughs> it's just so i don't think it's a keyboard now i did put a new feature in that came oh april or february i forget which that would be of benefit to, to you, given what you just described. You said that once it happens, you have to shut down JAWS and then restart it. Correct. So the new feature is insert spacebar and the F4 key. So you press insert space for layered and you hit F4. That shuts off JAWS and restarts it real quick. That'll work because sometimes I can't shut down JAWS because when I hit the, uh, you know, alt F, alt F4, alt F4 and then hit yep. enter, it says alt enter. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So you can experiment with that. And if you're running, you know, any, anybody who's on their computer, just try that out, insert space, and then hit the function key F4. Cool. And that command is designed to quickly shut jaws off and relaunch. I, I believe, I think I got the keystroke right. I'll give that a try. If it isn't that one, it's insert. Now, nah, I'm pretty sure it's that one. It's insert space F4. You know, on the FS cast, Glenn Gordon 
just described something about this. And he even mentions this new command to be able to uh, shut down and restart JAWS real quick without doing any dump files or anything. So if you uh, give it a try, if, if that's not the keystroke, listen to the FS cast and Glenn will tell you what it is. Thank okay. you, sir. Thanks. All right. Next up is Joseph and following Joseph will be Gene. Hi, Eric. It was good seeing you at CSUN and saying hello to you. I have a question um, for a friend. I have a friend who constantly wants to know how to be on the beta uh, testing for JAWS. And I told him, I don't know, but I told him I would find out. Yeah, so if they send an email into uh, beta manager at vespero.com mm -hmm. and request more information on the beta program and how to participate, they will send them a form back, uh, kind of an application form, just to learn a little bit about who they are, what they work on, and uh, just a basic questionnaire. And uh, if they would fill that out and submit it, we'll see what we can do. Um, we are, we generally have no shortage of JAWS users, by the way. And one of the things that we're always looking for is more Zoom text or Fusion testers. So anybody who's got some vision, uses Zoom text or Fusion and would like to participate, you could do the same thing. Just send an email in who you are, what you're looking for to beta manager. And that's a much easier program to get in. Uh, now, I got to warn you, the pay is really bad. <laughs> so the beta program, the folks that participate don't get paid. We do help them out with uh, upgrades and so forth. But uh, we uh, have users that are on uh, that have been participating for years with this, that download software on a regular basis and really give us a lot of input and help in getting these uh, features released and rolled out and getting bugs reported to us. I mean, that's really important. So uh, we, we really cherish the people that have helped out with it and they're uh, shaping the future of the screen reader. Is it free to enroll? The yes. Beta pro. Okay. Oh yeah. Because I know I know Apple was doing a thing where they would charge for their beta, so that's why. No, nope, we don't charge, but we don't pay okay. either. <laughs> okay. Okay, Joseph. Okay, thank thank you. you. Okay, so uh, Jean lowered her hand. So uh, next we'll go to Deborah. Hey. Good afternoon. I have a fix for the sticky key problem, but before I explain it, I would like to explain why the problem occurs, if that's okay. Fantastic, Deborah. Thank you. Okay, so um, actually I was a programmer for many years and worked on keyboard drivers. So what happens is there's a processor built into your keyboard, and so when you press a key down, it sends a code to the computer called a scan code. And when you lift the key, it sends another code to your computer, another scan code. So what happens is if the computer is really busy doing stuff, it gets the down scan code, but it never receives the up scan code, so it thinks you're still holding the key down. Because it, it, ignore, it was so busy, it's just like you ignore a phone call because you got a lot going on. It ignored the fact that you released the key. 
So you have to tell the computer you've released the key. So what you want to do is, first of all, wait till your computer's doing nothing. So just sit there for a second. Don't press any keys. And then start hitting the key, Alt key, up, down, up, down, up, down, and then up, and then wait for a minute. And that will usually unstick it. And this works for any key that's stuck. So give that a try. I'm back on mute. Uh, Deborah, don't go away though, because I've got a question for you. This is, I think you're really on to something here. But you said after you've waited, stop, don't type anything for a, a couple of seconds, and then go down, up, down, up. Are you saying you should be doing it at about that rate? Or because I know what I've tried to do is I just I just rattle them several times if I do get a stuck key. Uh, I don't necessarily think about doing it logically slow. It's like I'm tapping on it. I'm, I'm patient. I'm not patient enough. So do you think it has to do with how slowly you press it down and up? I think it varies. But for me, what usually happens is I've got a bunch of windows open. I've got a lot of tasks running. I figure those tasks are busy doing stuff. So if I hit it many times, I'm just going to give it you know, more stuff that's interrupting it, right? <laughs> so if I got I'm it. up, down, I get a chance to finish whatever it's doing and then notice that I press that key. But yep. like if it's only one task running, you know, if you, your computer's only got one window open, you know there isn't a lot going on, that jiggling it probably is a better solution. Yep. Very good. Well, thank you. Okay. We now have Jane. You can unmute. Hi. Um, hi there. Hi, Eric. Um, a couple comments and, and a couple questions. Um, for one thing, I I'm use Braille almost exclusively, so I love speech on demand. I use it every time I'm streaming something or in a webinar like this or, you know, any Zoom thing. Um, one thing I'm noticing, the last couple updates that I've done with JAWS, um, I have to, my focus doesn't work until... I've put in my password, you know, when this tells you to like restart. So I restart and, and the focus doesn't click in until after I've put in my password. It's very strange. And, and in the future, and then if, if you restart again, does it, does it work the next time? Yeah. Yeah. It's just that first time after I do an update. Yeah. So I will tell you that when the JAWS that runs on the screen where you're typing in your password is a different session of JAWS that's running after you've typed in your password and press enter and you've logged in. Mm -hmm. uh, that password field is, is running only on the secure desktop. So what happens when the update goes in, my suspicion is that... Um, it's resetting something and the secure desktop version of JAWS hasn't adopted that Braille setting. So that may be a new change. I'll make a note and ask some of the Braille testers at the office about this one because they would be experiencing it as well. Okay. I've had a feeling it might be something like that. I do yep. notice occasionally that my focus loses focus. <laughs> and, focus loses focus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and and so I just have to unplug the power thing and plug it right. back in. Yep. And then you unplug your USB it, cord and plug it back in. Yep. Yep. And the other thing I and I don't know I really should check this with speech and I haven't, 
But I'm noticing lately that sometimes, you know, when you want to, uh, there's a checkbox and you want to check it, that yes. um, the Braille doesn't seem to be kicking in right away. And I, I should check to see if it's, if the speech does, I haven't checked it, but I've noticed mm. with the Braille that I, you know, I'll check it and it doesn't, it, the X doesn't show up that usually shows up when you check something. Okay. Now, Gene, you're a Braille user. Mm -hmm. and you're on webinars all the time and you've got speech on demand on. Have mm -hmm. you used the new uh, clock display feature on the Braille display? No, I just hit the insert um, 12. Aha. Uh -huh. So what I'd like you to do, this is a feature that we put in. I think this came in the February update, uh, but I think you'll like it. Do you use status cells? Um, no, not really. On your Braille display, you turn them off? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. you would need your status cells turned on, but when your status cells are on, you can toggle and have JAWS show you the clock where the status cells sit. Okay. So you'll always be able to just reach over and see exactly what time it is. You can okay. set it by default. It goes to minutes and hours, but you can also set it to minutes and seconds so that if you're trying to watch a, a countdown or something mm -hmm. uh, you can have that on the braille display and you do not have to go and push the insert f12 to, to have jaws or read the time to you does it work with any any status cell any one of it, them that i want it push? it it displays so there's four status cells and it's going to show seconds on two and minutes on the other or hours or uh, minutes and hours you know It'll take the two cells and you can have it show you 24 hour clock or 12 hour clock. If you go to the setting center and search for the word time or clock, you'll find the, the settings in there to toggle it and see how it works. Okay. Now I'm going to ask probably a really stupid question, but on my focus, I have the cells all the way across mm -hmm. and the status cells are to which the left. Oh, the, the little round one and then the one below that, those those on each side? So, no. So status cells are when you're, you know, you have a 40-cell you have a 40 cell display? 80. 80. So starting from the left-hand edge, the first four cells would be considered the status cells when they're turned on. Okay. Then there's a Then there's a blank cell, I believe, and then the rest of your display shows you all your text. Okay. So, so when I refer to status cells, I mean those first four cells that are on by default, some people turn them off. Yeah, I turn so, them off. Like, okay. Right <laughs> so you, you would have to turn those back on. Now, when they're on, uh, it, you can either set the clock to always be on, or you can always just use the little router buttons above the status cells. Mm -hmm. And you can click the router button above those cells, either one of them, and it'll switch to a clock from the status cells. So it's a way, if you use your status cells, if you just use the router button once in a while, you'll be able to check what time it is right there. So it's a quick way of looking at your clock. Okay. Now, I don't have router. I, I have. Cursor I routing? Have yeah, I, I don't. I have like a round button and then a. Yeah, that's a, that's the cursor router. Okay, but they're below you know, my status cells, or next to my my status cells. They're not above it. Ah, uh, they should be above. Your cursor routing buttons are right up above the cell. So when you're 
reading a line of text, if you want to move the cursor to where you're reading, you click the little button right above that cell, right? Um, mine are more next to it. Hmm. I the, only think thing, of, the only thing I have above my status cells is the Perkins keyboard, like in the middle of the display. Right. I, no, this is the little dot. It's directly above the Braille cell. It's just a little dot there to be able to curse around. Anyway, you'll have to experiment with it, but I think a lot of people that are using the focus Braille displays really appreciate putting the clock right there on the display. And I tell you, sighted people, that's what I mean. Windows stuck that clock right down there in the right-hand corner of, of the screen for people, and sighted people are constantly looking at that clock. Mm -hmm. So we figured it'd be nice to have that right on your Braille display all the time. Okay. All right. Well, thanks, Jean. Thank you. All right. We don't currently have any other raised hands, and we've got about eight minutes. All right. Well, I, uh, again, hope uh, and look forward to seeing folks up in Omaha. If they can uh, attend the convention this year, it'd be good to get back in person. Uh, we did uh, visit the CSUN convention this year. It was the first show in two years that I've been able to get to, which is unusual. I've spent the last couple of decades hitting 10 or 12 shows a year. So to go two years with none was really unusual. Um, June, the update will be coming out. Uh, watch for that. We looking ahead for those of you who have paid attention in the past, you'll know we'll be going to a public beta with version 2023. And usually by the time we get to the summer convention, uh, I usually have some insights to let folks know uh, some of the initial features that they're going to be seeing in the 2023 version. Um, it will come out to public beta first or second week in September. It is scheduled to release the last week of October, and we haven't missed those dates in number of years. We won't this year either, so uh, watch for that. Um, Windows 11, I should mention, I don't know how many folks here are using Windows 11, but uh, we are moving uh, more to that every day at our offices. And uh, I think in general, I'm not sure what you've heard, but in general, I would say that Windows 11 from a screen reader's perspective, you're not gonna notice a lot of difference. The keyboard commands work the same. It looks a little different on screen. They've kind of positioned the start menu uh, rather than up from the left-hand corner. It kind of comes up from the middle of the screen. I think they're trying to mimic a little bit uh, the way a Mac looks because that's visually the way it works. But from a screen reader's perspective, it'll all feel the same. It'll all sound the same. So I wouldn't hesitate to move to Windows 11 when you get a chance. I will tell you that most of the improvements in accessibility that we will see coming from Windows in the next year or two will be things that will make it into Windows 11, but will not get backported to Windows 10. So uh, if you plan on using your computer for the foreseeable future, don't hesitate to move to Windows 11 sooner rather than later, because uh, you're going to you're going to get uh, a lot a lot faster benefit to, to new features if you're there on Windows 11. 
So with that, I think I will say thank you very much and uh, look forward to uh, being with everybody on ACB Communities next time. All right. Thank you so much, Eric. All right. Bye-bye. Have a good day, everyone. Thanks, Herbie.